For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Look for Press This in the left-hand side. In this episode, we're going to be covering kind of a unique topic, um, basically using WordPress with a decoupled pattern library. I'm really excited to kind of go into this and think about theming and the strategy around that. And to join us and to discuss this um, during this episode of Press This, I'd like to join to the show Ryan Ogden. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Excited yeah, to be glad here. you're yeah. Glad you're here, and you know, uh, theming is not a, a topic we've covered a lot um, in the roughly year and a half, two years now. I've been doing press this, um, so it's I think a good thing to cover today. And in particular, um, we're going to be talking about um, some of the technology you guys use um, in your agency, expand the room around pattern library tools um, as it relates to WordPress themes. Um, so I'm kind of curious, Ryan, you know, what is your, what was your first kind of exposure to WordPress? How did you get involved with all this WordPress stuff? Oh, wow. It's, uh, it was a while ago, but we, we started out doing a lot of flash development, um, back in 2008 to probably 2010, um, and, uh, mostly games and microsites. And then we started getting some clients, um, that had some, uh, content management needs. Flash started to die down as everyone knows, um, and we needed to start really looking at CMSs that we could kind of leverage and get behind as an agency. Um, so we started looking at WordPress, and that was just about the time I think that custom post types were introduced into WordPress. 2010, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we, I think one of our first projects is a music catalog site of some sort. 
so one of our developers started looking at WordPress and dove in there, and um, and then we all kind of rallied behind it, and and really ever since then, every site that we've done that had content management needs, we've really kind of leveraged WordPress and, and learned a lot along the way. It's really interesting. In our last episode, I interviewed Brad of Web Dev Studios and custom post types was kind of this aha moment for his agency, kind of in the same way you kind of described it with with uh, expand the room. And it was interesting though to hear the flash piece. I figured flash was uh, was was far gone in in 2008 2010, but it sounds like you guys were still going strong. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting while it lasted, but uh, it's uh, rest in peace, flash. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those days, built a lot of experiences in that. Uh, it brings back memories for sure. So um, expand the room. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, that company. Is it wholly agency focused? You guys do more than that. Uh, help me understand a little bit more about expand the room. Yes, yeah, so we're a digital agency based out of New York. We do uh, a lot of design and development, a really collaborative team, um, You know, about 20 people. And um, uh, really, uh, all the projects that we do, um, you know, we have our own design philosophy called purpose-driven design that the developers and designers really get behind to solve problems together. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of the, the projects we do happen to be you know WordPress sites. So we've we spent a lot of time on the development side and the design side working together to come up with kind of tools and systems um, to get to get uh, to get those done more efficiently. Are you going to be going to WordCamp uh, New York here in, a, in the coming weeks? Uh, I, I I should <laughs> <It's> <laughs> put right, you on the spot there. It's right, it's right, it's right in the right in our backyard. Yes, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I certainly should. Fun yeah. stuff. I've got uh, two people from my team that'll be speaking there. Zach Rothhauser on uh, a platform or a kind of framework he set up. That's this interactive museum thing. It's pretty cool. And then uh, Anthony Burchell, uh, who actually leads the core meetings for WordPress every week around a bunch of other stuff, will also be speaking there. So it should be a good time. Um, hopefully, you get a chance to make that. Yeah. Um, so, again, getting back to the topic of the show here, you know, we talked about in the beginning how we're going to be covering, you know, pattern libraries and how to use them within the context of a WordPress theme. But I think for a lot of people listening, it might be helpful to understand, like, what is a pattern library? Yeah, it's a great question. I think at its core, uh, pattern libraries is really just a collection of reusable UI elements uh, and guidelines um, that ultimately... Yeah, help to create consistency and promote reusability for um, you know for different brands and digital products. Um, and there's some great tools around it, but uh, that's really the primary goal and what a, a pattern library is. So it's it's design construct. Is there elements of code to it, or is it is it purely a library that designers would use, say, in a Photoshop context? Yeah, it's uh, it depends. I think there's different implementations for sure. Uh, I think lately, uh, since there's been a kind of a uh, kind of convergence of design and development uh, in the agency world. Uh, there's definitely more code involved, um, but it it's definitely has you know design guidelines. Things like brand voice gets into some of these pattern libraries or design systems, uh, typography, um, color tokens, things like that. Um, but how you know how we've used it and the tools that we've used ultimately comes down to building the UI and code. Um, and working with designers to ensure that uh, what we build looks correct in these particular tools that we'll get into. So the notion of a pattern library is not necessarily um, anchored to code or, say, PSDs, but rather is an independent concept that could be applied to either. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Certainly seen you know, pattern libraries delivered 
um, and design systems delivered as you know PDF documents um, to to clients uh, that they can scroll through and look at their typography, their colors, and different button elements and things like that. But I think they're most beneficial and useful to projects when when they're when they're actually coded and brought to life. So obviously, having a pattern library is helpful for design, for a consistent voice, for uh, velocity, and getting your projects done faster. So you're not having to reinvent everything all the time. But why does that matter in a WordPress context? Like, what are the benefits of using a pattern library with WordPress? You know, one of the the main benefits, and it it does depend, I think, on the the size uh, of of the the WordPress site. I, I you know, I certainly don't think for a small brochure site that they you know that they're they're necessary, but we've done a lot of pretty large WordPress sites and I think a lot of you know, agencies do as well. And it really allows your, your development teams, especially if you have a team of front-end developers and, and back-end developers, um, allows you to parallel, parallelize the development. So your back-end team you know, could really start working uh, on the admin side of things, maybe customizing the admin, working on your post types, your taxonomies and such while your front-end team, completely outside of the WordPress context, can start to work in these pattern library tools to start developing the, you know, the components, the templates, the pages, and start really showing the designer's progress and even the client's progress while the back-end team is you know, perhaps working on the, the admin side of things on WordPress. Um, so that's a big benefit is really that, you know, that speed of allowing two teams to work side-by-side side on different parts of the system um, you know, and eventually kind of coming together to, 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 to bind them. So in a sense, it's like a bit of a design framework of sorts um, that can be applied in multiple streams in the workflow. So that way, the developer, for example, doesn't have to wait around for the designer to uh, implement certain pieces of the experience. Is that the gist of it? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's certainly part of it. Um, you know, in in our team, we uh, we tend to work. You know, our developers work on the back end and the front end, but. Um, we can get started very early on the front end with the design team, collaborating with them, um, sketching out ideas within these pattern library tools while the back end works on kind of the data model and inside of WordPress and setting up the post type. So it does, it does allow you know, people to get started independently and allows design uh, to start seeing their stuff come to life without waiting on perhaps you know, a back end developer to get some of the WordPress uh, tools into place. So you've talked about the tools a little bit. Uh, what are some of the tools that you guys use um, at Expand the Room for applying the notion of pattern libraries to the work that you do? Yeah, so two of the, the most popular ones in, in, that we've used are Pattern Lab, which I'm sure a ton of people are familiar with. Uh, that was started originally by Brad Frost. Um, and it's, it's a great tool for, for kind of documenting your components and ultimately building them up into templates. And another one that we've used uh, uh, at Expand the Room is called Fractal. Very similar goals. Um, allows you to build your, your kind of UI uh, components and patterns in the separate system. Um, document them, have a nice you know, shareable URL that you can send out to the client, to your design team to look at. Um, and really, really makes it easy to kind of bring all those pieces together before it even makes its way into, uh, into the WordPress theme. You use the word components and templates. Are those terms specific to those tools? For example, I know like the Ad Atomic framework uses different terminology for similar concepts. Um, are components and templates in this context specific to those tools? Or do you mean like WordPress template and components like a generalized term? Or is it specific to the tool? Uh, it's definitely not specific to the tool, though. Um, you know, pattern pattern lab, for instance, 
um, is big on the atomic you know, design system and the atomic naming conventions, um, atoms, molecules, organisms, and such. Um, where fractal, the fractal uh, tool, kind of rallies behind the term components, um, and components themselves can be really tiny, like a button. Um, but also you could have a, a template, not talking about a WordPress template yet, but a template that is also a component, but it's a very large one that's comprised of many, many smaller pieces and layout pieces. Um, so these tools are really flexible in that they allow you to organize and name things how you want. Uh, even Pattern Lab doesn't necessarily force you to use kind of the atomic naming conventions, although a lot of people just, just use, do use that. Um, they, they allow you to kind of customize the, the, the organization and the structure um, to whichever you know, suits you best. That's uh, super interesting. I want to dig into this a little bit deeper, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio one. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and right before the break, I was talking with Ryan Ogden of Expand the Room about pattern libraries and the tools that he uses and their team use to create WordPress sites, um, leveraging a consistent look and feel and um, consistent components that they apply in the sites that they build. So Ryan, right before the break, we were talking about 
you had mentioned the words component and template as it related to pattern library tools. And I asked you if that was specific to the tools, and you said not really. Um, and so I'm just curious, like, what, how do you see organizations adopting these tools? Do you see that it's widespread? Do you see that very few people leverage systems like Atomic and the pattern libraries? Or is this, um, is this something that's, that's very hard to find? No, I, I think they're definitely they're definitely being adopted more and more. Um, certainly at bigger companies um, that maintain large web presences, um, you know, you're you're often you know, if you think about publication industry for a second, um, you know, Time, you know, Time, uh, Time, Time Inc. and their publications, or um, any of the other big ones out there, they have large sites with many developers and. Uh, it's it's important that they can uh, have a, a consistent kind of reusable base that they start with from a UI perspective. If they're going to build additional you know pages or templates within the system that look like they belong without having to reinvent the wheel all the time, so I think more organizations are coming on board with it. Um, it's definitely challenging for organizations I think to keep them up to date. They they tend to fall out of date often. Um, because they're not necessarily always used directly in production, which is one of the, the goals we had in using them, is in making sure that um, you know, our clients can actually leverage and, and, and improve on the pattern libraries while they're used directly in production so they don't kind of get stale and get out of date. Uh, which is yeah, a maintenance problem. is uh, maintenance is a trick, isn't it? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, we adopted one of the teams I run here at WP Engine is our internal web team, the team that creates and manages our websites in WordPress, and we adopted the Atomic system. I think it was about two years ago, and it was night and day. Uh, the velocity at which we were able to complete projects, um, it really, really uh, increased our velocity. Um, the other thing we ended up doing was tying them in with. Um, you know, I guess now with Gutenberg looming, it would be blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we tied them into a landing page builder we built actually with Beaver Builder that allows our campaign teams to go in and uh, have that library aligned with in the Beaver Builder world components, and in the future Gutenberg world blocks. Um, but really, kind of using that directly in production, but then tying it back to the pattern library tools that we use. Yeah. Um, and that you know even further accelerated our ability to create content. I mean, it took something that would take weeks of meetings and design and wireframes and development into something that a campaign uh, manager can produce in a day and then have a designer kind of go back behind and make sure it all looks good. It was really just transformed our team and what we could produce. It was it was really, really helpful. Yeah, it's definitely great. It's worth, I mean, it's, it definitely takes some investment up front to, to kind of set it up and get it right and to really get you know people to rally behind it. But once you do, as you said, it's it can be really great for efficiency. Yeah, and then keeping them up to date, right? Adding new mm-hmm. ones, updating them as you need to. Uh, and then, you know, God help you, I guess, if you have a redesign, you got to redo the whole thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's the the maintenance is always the trick with creating yeah. stuff. So, like, I, help me help, help, maybe help the audience understand a little bit. Like, how are things like pattern libraries and the tools you just described? How are they decoupled from WordPress? Like, it's not really part of WordPress. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, I, I guess it's helpful to think about you know a typical template in WordPress. Um, you know, you'll have your your different uh, you know, your loop and, and grabbing the data from the CMS, your custom fields and things like that. And your markup, you know, you're broken out into into template parts or partials, um, and included within the various templates. So that's very common. Um, when you look at a one of the template files in a site where we're using, you know, Fractal or Pattern Lab, 
it's it's it ends up just being ultimately you know one or two lines of code simply talking to the the rendering engine of that particular templating language um, and we can get to that in a minute um, and we're just rendering whatever template let's say it's the article template so we'd have an article template in our pattern library and we would make a call to our render engine to render that template and we we build up the data structure that is required to provide all of the various uh, other smaller components in that template the data that they need to display um, and gathering that data uh, from WordPress is you know quite easy and you can you know isolate that kind of data gathering code behind another you know file or class in, in PHP to make it a bit more tidy um, but ultimately when you look at the template files in these particular themes it's just a call to rendering engine render article and then the second you know argument to that render uh, function would be uh, the data structure needed to, to kind of power that particular um, template from the pattern library Okay, um, super insightful. I think, uh, Ryan, as we go through the rest of the interview, if you uh, can recall a resource you could refer people to, maybe to read up more on that, uh, maybe we could share that at the end. Um, but uh, I'm just curious now, kind of take a, a shift in a little bit of a different direction. We've talked about WordPress themes, we've talked about pattern libraries, but what about WordPress when it's used as a headless uh, CMS, in particular, uh, say like uh, uh, JavaScript decoupled headless. Yeah. Uh, so this approach certainly works with with a completely you know decoupled uh, headless WordPress. Uh, really, where you end up rendering the markup um, from your your pattern library into the template files, that would change a bit. Um, obviously, if you are using something um, like a Node uh, server that's communicating to WordPress API, you might make your call to get your data from the WordPress JSON API and then take that data, provide it to your, your, you know, your twig or handlebar template from your pattern library, that returns the entire markup rendered with all the data, and then you send that back to the client. Um, so you can still do that, of course, I think one challenge in the WordPress world is a lot of hosts, uh, WordPress hosts, it's, you, know, you, you get a, a server that can host a WordPress site, so it's not as simple to introduce something uh, like a, a Node.js server, for instance, that um, can live alongside of it. So it's, it's not as common, uh, I think, in the WordPress uh, world, but it's certainly uh, possible if you have the uh, uh, ability to spin up a, a server that can render uh, your, your markup in between the JSON API and the browser. So the advantage, though, when you are running this is that your pattern library can inform the styles in multiple types of applications. Am I hearing that right? The WordPress application rendering pages, decoupled JavaScript rendering pages. Does that just keep going on to all kinds of different devices? In other words, are you using this pattern library like a unified style yeah. approach, basically? Yeah, I think that can certainly be an option. So if you have a WordPress uh, site where you're leveraging all of the, the components from the pattern library and then, you know, let's say marketing department wants to spin up a, a one pager that is perhaps doesn't live in WordPress, that's mostly static content. In theory, uh, you could still render your, your components from the pattern library and just provide them, you know, whatever that static data is for that marketing site and compile that to an HTML file and serve that up as well. So it certainly can, can use that in that workflow. So for most of this interview, everything's been rainbows and puppy dogs. Pattern <laughs> libraries are great. Everything's awesome. I love that song uh, from the Lego <laughs> movie. Uh, but uh, I, dig I digress. Um, what are some of the challenges, though, of using pattern libraries? Like, what, what is not rainbows and puppy dogs? 
Yeah, so I mean, one of the one of the challenges is I think the initial kind of setup and onboarding of, of other developers, um, especially if you're you're handing off, um, you know, a WordPress site that you're building for for a client of yours, um, and if they have a development team that's going to take it over, uh, you really need to make sure that there's there's buy-in and it's documented and they understand what's going on because again, it's it's completely. It's if you're used to traditional WordPress theme development, you're expecting to see certain things when you open up the WordPress template files in that particular theme. And when you open up one of these template files and you just see, you know, rendering engine, render, you know, article template and a big, you know, data array that you're passing to it, it looks it looks kind of foreign for sure. It's uh, so you want to make sure that you get that buy-in. So if you don't, you certainly can have clients that come back and uh, you know, say, this is this is we can't maintain this. What is this? Um, so you want to make sure you get buy-in uh, from from your clients. Um, the other thing that's I think a challenge is um, just the the initial um, again the setup and kind of boilerplate. It does feel like at first um, that you are kind of writing more code in a sense that you're going over here into your pattern library tool and you're creating your template and you're creating a bunch of dummy data that can power that so that you could preview it in your pattern uh, library tool. Uh, and then you, when you bring it into WordPress, you're then kind of doing the work there to kind of gather the real data. Um, and once you get used to and understand the benefits, like you said earlier, David, um, the kind of efficiencies that the team can gain from using a, an approach like this, you kind of get over that and you, you're like, it's worth the kind of initial boilerplate and pain that kind of comes with the setup. And then once you've done it a couple of times, it's honestly, it's, it's, you're used to it and it's good. You can kind of create some um, prep starter kits where a bunch of the, the foundational code is there in place so you don't have to kind of reinvent the, the boilerplate wheel every time and it gets easier. So it's a little um, bit of overhead in the beginning, and then also one of the other challenges you pointed out is when you hand this thing off, you've got to explain what's going on, preferably, of course, in advance. Yes. <laughs> so that way the people inheriting it don't freak out. You know, in my 20 years at this, I don't think I've ever, I think maybe a dozen times I've had a developer sit down with a project and say, this code looks beautiful. I love this setup. <laughs> uh, it's always, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. Um, but that's funny, right? Giving them that prep will help for that. Um, so I do want to dig a little bit further in and talk about a little bit of the future and how you're thinking about WordPress as it relates to pattern libraries. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. Maria Retan, Larry Weber, Tim Ash, James and Arlene Martell, Ross Dunn, John Carcutt, Shahab Zaghari, Peggy Ann Salt, Bennett Kelly, Jillian Music, and Kennedy. 
from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry. Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hayford. Pleased to have Jim Lanzone. Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason Calcanis. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Ryan Ogden of Expand the Room about pattern libraries in WordPress and how Expand the Room uses pattern libraries to get projects out the door faster and more consistently with look, feel, and brand. So, Ryan, before the break, we were talking about some of the challenges you've encountered using this approach. The first is making sure that if it's for a client that you're prepping the team that will be inheriting your work about what they're about to get, make sure everybody's in agreement on that. Um, You also talked about a little bit of the overhead up front when creating the pattern libraries and then also the work inside of WordPress. Any other big challenges um, using pattern libraries in your design approach? Uh, You know, none that would, I I think, prevent, uh, you know, prevent me from suggesting giving it a try. I just, again, I want to say that for a small site, if you're doing a, you know, a five-page, a 10-page brochure-like site, it will be, it will be overkill. I mean, oftentimes, that site is probably not going to get updated from a visual perspective much. It's not really going to grow. You know, the client might obviously update the content, but it's really important to assess kind of the the size and the um, the kind of ongoing development of the particular project. And if it's a, a project that has a development team that you're handing off to, and it's a larger organization um, where they really need to be thinking about consistency as they grow the the product, it's a huge, it could be a huge benefit. But if it's just a small you know, if again, five-page brochure site, it's it's totally overkill, and it's 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 probably not the right choice. Do you ever use shared pattern libraries with smaller clients, or have you seen other people do that, where it's like, fine, they're not all going to be exactly the same, but they're pretty darn close, and so you just have your small client pattern library that you redeploy over and over again with new color schemes? Is that something you've tried or seen in the wild? Yeah, um, yeah. We've uh, internally we've been working on with our design team uh, building kind of our own pattern library that's uh, very you know all the common pieces that we kind of find ourselves adding to the smaller and even larger sites just so that we have a foundation on which we can start from. Um, so that's been an important thing. And when our designers go to make a, a you know a new design for a new client, we're kind of consulting with that. Uh, internal kind of smaller pattern library, if you will, um, so that we're not necessarily reinventing the wheel for something. Um, if we can just perhaps you know change some colors and it and it fits the actual you know, need and solves the problem the same way. 
So shifting gears one more time, and I alluded to this a little earlier, um, we're talking about Gutenberg and how pattern libraries can be applied, I suppose, in a block context. But how do you think about pattern libraries as it relates to Gutenberg? Yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be interesting. I mean, you know, we've it's, it's definitely different. But with, with short codes, for instance, uh, we can render a you know component from the pattern library directly uh, in the short code callback, and it, it all works well. I think with Gutenberg, um, you know, some of the the UI being done kind of in JavaScript, um, kind of the React kind of wrapper that they have. Um, we really have to kind of investigate how we can take something, let's say that is written in, um, you know, twig or handlebars, because these pattern libraries, when you create your UI, you're you're using a templating engine. Um, you know, typically you're using something like a handlebars or a twig or a mustache that's kind of default in some of these. Um, and if you're using that templating language and you need to kind of make it consistent with kind of React's, you know, JSX, for instance, um, it's it's not going to necessarily work. Um, so probably have to reevaluate how you know that UI from the pattern library the components make their way into the actual blocks themselves um, so certainly to do some more research there so when Gutenberg hits and I know the date for that keeps getting kicked back I'm hearing even as late as 2019 now mm -hmm. um, are you going to redo all your pattern libraries to account for all these new fancy blocks that are going to show up in everyone's editors uh, at least your customers editors sorry uh, that's a good question. Um, probably not. Um, but I think, yeah, obviously, going forward, uh, we'll need to reevaluate uh, uh, how they kind of get displayed within uh, the Gutenberg editor, because obviously that's going to be an important thing. So I, I think certainly to start, we'll um, you know probably suggest, uh, although WordPress won't like to hear this, but installing the classic editor plugin just to buy some time, just to evaluate, you know, how how the the, the kind of workflow needs to be updated to support the blocks. I'm pretty sure that the WordPress core team's mantra is use the classic classic editor plugin to buy some time. <laughs> I don't think they would be against that notion uh, at all. So uh, one last question to close us out here. Um, you talked before about not using pattern libraries in smaller clients because it might not be worth the time. Are there any other uses uh, or cases where you wouldn't you'd be using pattern libraries? Uh, you know, I, I think it, it also... It also requires internally the design team at um, you know at your agency to 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 know that you're you're setting out to make a pattern library because there's going to be some um, pieces of it. Uh, let's just say you know typography, colors, things like that that you can isolate and kind of show off in um, in the pattern library. And if the designer is just maybe focused on designing templates, right? I'm going to make this site. I'm just going to make you know these ten templates, and they're not thinking about design at the you know component level um, you kind of find yourself as a developer trying to take these pieces and kind of break it into your own kind of pattern library without the designer buy-in so it, it's really helpful to to as an agency align with with the design team and if you have a you know if you're a small company with two designers and two developers um, perhaps your design team has to you know move at a certain speed and they can't kind of slow down to think about the designs at kind of a pattern library like uh, level where they're really thinking small and then building up versus thinking kind of big at the template level and building down. And um, you know, so I think it's it's important to assess the team and make sure that even internally, the you know designers and developers all understand what a pattern library does, what its benefits are, and how you can come together to 
um, you know, really make one that works. Yeah, adopting that philosophy was one of the biggest things initially with our internal team as we got behind um, this kind of way of working. And uh, but once everybody bought in, it was natural and really we saw great benefit from that. Well, Ryan, I wanted to thank you for joining the show today. Super interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Ryan and uh, Expand the Room are up to, you can visit expandtheroom.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my work at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.